It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Cougar Nation? It's time for a Cause Monday episode of the Hive Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and before we get to the, the show, please make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just search at the Hive Sports, and you can stay up, up to date with the Cougars. Also, other teams in the state, if you, if you follow high school, um, some of the other colleges in the state, we, we're working on covering every college, Weber State, Aggies, Utes, Cougars. So if you have an affiliation to some other schools, you can listen to those as well. Um, you, you can go to thehivesports.com and read our articles and, and feel free to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. Uh, most of you, I believe, are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. And so, so that really helps us with the feedback and helps the searchability the more re- reviews we get. So today, just to let you know, before we get started, I'll let you know what we're talking about so you can know what to expect. We're going to talk about the sweeping in hoops. Just, just BYU just won't stop winning, so, so that's good. And we'll talk about some of the Cougars in the NFL and the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We'll see which Cougars are moving on and, and how they performed um, in comparison to others throughout, throughout the state and the NFL. And then lastly, we'll, we'll get to some rankings. We're going to talk about the top five BYU quarterbacks of the century and and what the quarterback room might look like this year. We know that there's a, a big big fish out there to catch some big transfers, um, people in the transfer portal. So we'll talk about that, but without further ado, let's get it started. And I, I do have my, my special guest, Nate Dunn in, in the studio today. So Nate, how are you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on. And yeah, yeah. definitely appreciate your help with, with all the, the sports. Um, so, so Nate, um, I know you, you, you definitely from our past episodes i know you followed byu pretty heavily um what, what have you thought about the the basketball games this last week basketball has been crazy it was kind of interesting to see them they they, they were two kind of games they're expected to win they were they were like a i don't know, like a 15 point favorite in the uh, san diego game and then like a 20 point favorite in the portland game and they didn't cover either of those games so like they they both came down kind of to like the end and they just had to rely on some some clutch shooting from barcelo and and Lucas to win those games, but they played great in those two games, huge conference wins to, to, to get them to five and one in conference play. Yeah, definitely. I was just looking at the Portland. It looks like Barcelo didn't have a ton of points, but it seems like he impacted the game in other ways, right? Like he had four assists, five rebounds. And, and I mean, he was two for four from three. So looked like he was good. And, and Lucas, um, one thing I think is interesting I, for those who, who, Listen to other BYU podcasts, uh, Locked on Cougars by David Hatch, or by not David, Jake, Jake Hatch. Hatch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's pretty good. But yeah, the other day, he even kind of admitted that he he was happy to be wrong because he was kind of off on the Tejon Lucas uh, band, bandwagon. He was just saying, oh, I don't know if BYU should give him as many minutes. And so what does Lucas do? And he starts balling out. So um, what type of... Um, firepower does, does that give to this team yeah it's huge because 
BYU doesn't have like a pure offensive scorer on the team like they have in the past. Like two years ago with the 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 COVID year, they had Jake Toulson and Childs and and Hawes and Selly, so you could all kind of create their own shot and kind of just score at will. This team doesn't have one. Like Traore can if he's in the paint alone, right? Loner's been up and down. Nell's been whatever that's been the last few games. Barcelo hasn't really been that good. This is my hot take that Barcelo hasn't really been that good the last in, in, all, in any of conference play, really. He's kind of struggled. Um, Lucas obviously had a great game, but even if you go to the bench, like Atiki, Ali Atiki isn't doing much. Gideon George is whatever. Seneca has been really hot the last two games, which has really helped, but even Spencer Johnson hasn't really done much. This team lacks a scorer, and Tejon Lucas finally getting into that stride is really beneficial to this team to make a deep run. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I saw – I can't remember if it was somebody that uh, – Atiki, I believe it was either him or George. Um, I think Mark Pope I saw on social media was kind of challenging him not to back down from anyone. And I can't remember if he got a tech or, or what happened, but someone was yeah. kind of pushing him around, but he, like, didn't let him. Yeah, Tiki got ejected in that in the in the San Diego game, I believe. Yeah, did he push the guy back? Or I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, what, they, they kind of like wrestled to the ground a little bit, and then the the guy kind of went out of Tiki, and then he hit him in like the neck, and he got ejected for it. Oh, and Tiki hit him back in the okay. Yep, he hit him in like directly in the neck, but he hit him, and like since he's so much bigger, it hit him in the head, and he, he yeah can't do that he got ejected. But yeah, definitely. But um, I, I guess he listened to coach and didn't back down. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see how they, they tailor kind of um, keep, keep – like you said, you got to keep your cool for sure. But um looked like Barcelo did play pretty well against San Diego. He had yeah. 22 in that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say – I mean, he, he's I, – I think he could get some all-conference honors. And, and yeah, for who sure. knows, I don't know what national awards he would be up for, but I think he's he, – he, he's, he's – been playing pretty well and you, you saw I think it was actually last week but we didn't have an episode last week but um one of the guys on college game day said that Alex Barcel is the best shooter in the country like yep Jay Billis yep yeah yeah so I mean that that's a good endorsement um what, what do you think about Barcelo makes him such a good shooter the thing with Barcelo is that he's just so in control with his feet like you can see him kind of whenever he runs around drilling the ball he kind of just looks for a spot and just looks to get open um, he's, he's caught, he, he hasn't really struggled with this, but he's the turnovers have kind of been up and down. That Gonzaga game was killer. He had five turnovers in that game, but he's just so in control with his feet and like get the ball gets poked loose. Like he just knows exactly where it is. Like he's going to go grab it. So I think him being in control with the ball and being able to get to that mid range shot is so, so important for him to be successful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm excited to see what he, we, he can do. I, I think he's one of, if, if not the best players in the state, you, you know, we got some, so some pretty good ones um, from USU, Utah. Like, like there's a lot of good mm-hmm. players, but I mean, he's up there. Like, I think about 19 points or so a game, right? And, or he was. He's I think 16. He's, it's, it's, it's 16. Dips. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that that's interesting because I've noticed in conference play a couple of players. I I know we talked in the Aggie podcast about Justin Bean, and he was starting in like the 20s, and now he's dipped to 19. And conference yeah. play is tough. Like it's. It's, it is tough. You're not playing like you get a couple cupcakes and off and non-conference, but you're playing, especially in WCC is pretty deep this year. Once one, yeah. they get about four or five teams in the tournament, you, do you think? Or? They're projecting four, yeah. Okay, so. Four teams. San Francisco, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. Yep, that's the projection right now. Yeah, yeah, they're all solid. And 
So some of the other teams are good. Um, and it's good that BYU held on to win because I think some of the teams they played this week are like I think Portland's like a quad four. So it's good yeah. that they they didn't lose that one. <laughs> I saw it was close the first know. half, but yeah, it was close the first. I think they were trailing in the first half. I I could be wrong. Let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were up two. five in the first half. It was close though. The yeah, maybe maybe they want they led for like a minute. They were or down early. They were down late yeah. in the second half. I think it was. Yeah. I think, oh yeah, they were. They were down. Let's see. They were down 32-29 with four minutes left, and then 34-31. Then you, then BYU took the lead to go up 34-39 at halftime. So an 8-0 run in just a few. And an 8-0 run in a minute a minute 48 put put BYU up at halftime. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is definitely. Um, so just just to take a minute to talk about the, the women's game. It looks like they haven't – I mean, they only have one loss in the season. They're ranked 17th in the country. We'll have to see how, how they climb up with, with the rankings. But um, with the women doing as well as they are, I mean, they could be getting top three, four seed. I, I know – I think last year, I can't remember. They, I know they lost to Arizona. I can't remember if it was the first or second round. but um, the But – Based on kind of how the women are are playing, like do, do you, how how do you think that they'll they'll fare in, in like the the postseason kind of compared to the guys like like how have you thought of like is it too early for you to make predictions or or what do you, how do you think they'll they'll do with the with the women's team is that what you're yeah thinking? yeah they're they're really good like they're like you said their only, their only loss was to Oklahoma and they lost in overtime and that that Oklahoma women's team is also pretty solid i think they've only got like three losses on the year so they're 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 number 14 in the country so BYU women's team is really good i could i could definitely see them getting a top three seed if they if they go if they go undefeated the rest of the year and win the conference tournament i think a two or three seed easily so yeah yeah i can't remember um what the rankings are on the top i'm assuming yukon arizona there's a couple up there like you said oklahoma it'll be interesting to see how they seed them um, with with the WCC is still solid, but it's not as solid in the women's as it is in the men's. So yeah, with Gonzaga um, struggle, the, the women's Gonzaga team struggling, not struggling, but just not as powerful as they used to be. Definitely kind of hurts their their seeding a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Like when you're in a conference like WCC or or I, I know yeah yeah from the Mountain West, I know a couple of years ago San Diego State had a loss or two, and then COVID hit, but they probably would have been like a two or three seed. It's you, you like. Um, Gonzaga, we know they have a really tough non-conference, and so even though they have two losses, like they're not going to get dinged for that. They're nope. They're the they're, number they're gonna one. They're going to be one seed. Yep. I don't think they're going to lose a game the rest of the year. So yeah, they just have that reputation. As long as they are rolling they're just like this, so with good. And yeah. but it's just so crazy that they've never won a championship. But we could spend a whole podcast on that. But um, another thing, I guess that's fresh in my mind. Unless you had any any other thoughts about basketball but are you ready to talk about some some nfl yeah yeah let's do it all right so um well before we get to some of the byu players um h- how about your bengals how are you how are you feeling oh, about, how that? about them man who day i was freaking out in my house the entire time my neighbors came over to complain wasn't even mad oh yeah yeah it's, it seems like yeah you're living the college life there's there's always noises going on so oh yeah I'm, i don't feel it. bad it was it was it was four o'clock on a saturday i I don't feel too bad. 4 a.m.? For No, 4 p.m. 4 p.m., oh, yeah. Oh, that's I don't funny. feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was 4 a.m., it's a different story. but <laughs> Exactly. Um. Yeah, because, yeah, why would it be? I, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know why you'd be up for a game unless you were re-watching it. But, <laughs> nope, nope. Um, 
So the main, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the main Cougars uh, that we saw play this weekend were Fred Warner, Dan Sorensen. I guess Andy Reid was was the coach for the Chiefs. Yeah. But any any other players on any of the teams I'm missing or th- those mainly um, at least on the I Cougars side think those were the only ones um Harvey Longy got a contract extension so that was that was pretty cool oh yeah with yeah. what with the Bills the the uh, Patriots oh, oh, Patriots oh yeah that, that, that's cool so yeah good news yeah. there for Harvey Longy I, I think I actually met him once I used to work at Vivint and he was just there oh, yeah. and I was like oh yeah I think he's somehow related to the other the Harvey, Harvey Unga or something like that yeah but, but anyways let's talk about the so Fred Warner, Dan Sorensen, both had pretty good defensive performances. Yeah. Who would you say had the most impactful um, week- weekend in, in the divisional round? Um, even though he had less tackles, I think Fred Warner was was very important to that that Fortnite defense. You could see him going all throughout the th- all throughout the field. He forced a fumble on on Green Bay that you know obviously proved to be to be very big for them. Um, he had six tackles, four solo, two assists. Uh, uh, a tackle for loss and a forced fumble. So that's, uh, he's got, he's got the MVP in my book. He, he tied for the team high in tackles. Um, but, but even, even Daniel Sorens had a great game. He tied for team tackles as well. He had nine total and, and six solo. So he, he led the team in tackles. Um, so that's both, both Cougars led, led their teams in, in tackles for their, for their respective teams. So that's, that's a great weekend for them. Yeah. Especially in the defensive end. I mean, the Cougars are the, really the only team in the state making, a huge impact there. I mean, there's been a couple of kickers that, yeah, we'll talk about for other teams in the state, but um, that have had some big, big time. I mean, I mean, Matt Gay will just say he's at straight out of Warm High, so Utah County area. Like he had a game, uh, game winning field goal. But yep. um, yeah, I think Fred Warren, and then the combo of Dan Sorensen and Andy Reid. Um, it'll be interesting to see who BYU fans cheer for. I know a lot of the, the, the generation, like our parents probably, all, I don't know about your parents, but I know a lot of the BYU people I know are like the 49ers, 49ers because of yep. Steve Young Steve. and now now Fred Warner is carrying on the tradition. But I mean, I guess for the AFC, I know that it's, it'll be hard to root against your your Bengals, I guess. But, Not but, happening. but hypothetically, if it was Chiefs and 49ers, like which which team like I know there's BYU ties in both sides, mm-hmm. but like which one would you go for? I mean, I'd go for the 49ers. I think the Chiefs got their they get the Chiefs got their ring already. I, I'd go for the 49ers, see if Fred Warner can get a ring. He's either the, the best or the second best defend defend defensive player on the 49ers behind Bosa. So I mean, it's I, I I'd go for the 49ers just because I think they're that good. Um, and I like Fred Warner. He's he's a captain of that team. He's an all pro. He's not a he's not, not this year because he was hurt a lot of the year. He's not a pro player or, or an all pro, but I'd go for the 49ers, I think, just because they haven't gotten their ring yet and Fred Warner's so young, so he's got a lot of time to get more rings too and more accolades. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to, to hear how people base their fandom. I I know for me, like I I know it's weird. I, I feel like I like every NFC West team except for the 49ers. Like I kind of got into the Seahawks with Bobby Wagner and then Arizona I used to live there. And then my mom was kind of grew up in LA. Um, so like all those teams, but um, I, I really got into the Chiefs a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. I for some reason I decided to like grow a mustache just because you know Andy Reid and so and so that 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 was kind of fun to to do that. But um, yeah, this this year um, I'd say Chiefs Rams. Oh yeah, and I can't go against your Bengals too. I mean that'd nope. be really cool. Three. It's been three decades since they've even won a playoff game, and now they're in the 
AFC championship. It's going to happen. Awesome. I'm, I'm, they're, they're a seven point underdog right now, but I don't really care. I, yeah. I just need to see. <laughs> so yeah, for, for me personally, as long as the 49ers don't win, I'll be happy. I, I'll be happy. But I mean, even if they do, and I, I, I just want to see, I do want to see Fred Warner play, play well, like just me individually. Well. It's, it's really good for the state when the, the players play well because it just brings more notoriety like you see you see people tweeting about fred warner he said something like we're not we're not done yet or something like that after so so don't expect 49ers to go quietly in the night i know rams are really they have a really tough just they're 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 gonna be good but um, as a Bengals fan i do not want to play them at at all that's the team i don't want to play is is the rams well, I mean, the, the, the Bengals, I mean, they, they, they kind of got a tough one next week with the Chiefs. I personally think the Bills would have been a little bit easier for, for the Bengals just uh, the, 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 than the Chiefs because they're, the Bills aren't really as proven as, mm-hmm. as the Chiefs have been. The Chiefs struggled early, but they've just found their footing. So be interesting to see. But uh, let's hope we at least get a couple of Cougars in there, whether it's Chiefs or like – I mean, we, we got to get your Bengals in, so let's – and for your sake, I, I, I wouldn't mind if the 49ers got in there. Um, yeah. Rams, I'm not a diehard Rams fan, even though I'm wearing a Rams shirt right now. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just excited that – I mean, I don't – I mean, Tom Brady, he's great. He's won a lot, but it's time for somebody else to win. So, I was happy to see – I mean, Tom Brady nearly came back, too. So, that was – It's crazy, crazy how game. much he can do that. Like, at that point, I just think the NFL – scripted to it to an extent to get tom brady back in the game it's oh just man so crazy. yeah just those fumbles and everything like just within 10 seconds back to but... back yeah literally back to back it's crazy so yeah big nfl we'll, we'll have to see who ends up in the super bowl we'll definitely next week we'll get you caught up on on how the byu guys do um looking good um but but now yeah let's get into talking about some of the best top five byu quarterbacks of this century so that's BYU quarterbacks that have played since the year 2000. Um, I had one of my my friends online at Nomad Coog, Mark McCready. His um, his order that he has is Hall, Beck, Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Taysom. So besides that, there's like you know there's Tanner Mangum. There's there's a couple other ones, but n- nobody it was really solid. So those are the, 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 the in his order that was what he had. Um, so yeah, that being number one hall being Max Hall and Jaron Hall is still un- unproven. We'll, we'll have to see what he does and there's, uh, who the next quarterback will be. I mean, we'll talk about Jackson dark dart in a minute and see if that's a possibility, but in, in your opinion, up to this point, where would you rank um, those five or would, would there be any sleeper picks that you'd put in there? Um, I, I think those five it's kind of hard to evaluate Jaron, right? Cause he's only played one full season and he missed a few games and then, in those two games where he filled in for Zach, he was really good, but got hurt. So I, it's kind of hard. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Tanner Mangum in there just be, even though Tanner was great. He, he really went down, down more and more throughout his career. And I'm not going to put Riley Nelson up there. I think, I think Jaron's a little bit better. Um, but in that order, I think it goes Hall, Beck, uh, Zach, Taysom, Jaron. I think that's the order right now by the end of his career. By the end of Jaron Hall's career, it will go. Um, did I say Hall first? Yeah, Hall, Beck, Jaron Hall, Zach Taysom. I think Jaron Hall will oh, end up wow. having a better career than Zach Wilson. If you know me personally, you know I have a slight bias towards Jaron Hall. I know him personally. I've known him since I was like 14, so I am a little bit biased towards him. But I, I 
bias aside, I think Jaron Hall will be the best quarterback strictly because of the competition he's playing against and how he's doing it. Um, obviously, Hall and Beck are interchangeable. Hall and Beck were great quarterbacks. I think Hall just kind of has the edge. Um, but yeah, I think by the end of Jaron Hall's career, it will go Hall, Beck, Jaron, Zach, and Taysom. Yeah, that that I can. I, I think I'd be so, somewhat close. I think. I mean, Max Hall having beaten Oklahoma when they're ranked as high as they were. Um, just uh, he was the last one to beat Utah before the big drought. I mean, now Jaron Hall ended the drought, so it went from Hall to Hall. Um, the, the curse was lifted. So, yeah. um, John Beck, I mean, with Beck Tarling, that's one of the greatest plays. Wilson, I mean, he just had a really good year, and some can say like COVID, but I, I think it was actually like him just getting healthy. I agree. Yep. And, and, and Jaron Hall is the same. Like, if he, if he wants to move up the list, like you're saying, he's, he's got to be healthy. Like, to pass Wilson. Mm-hmm. That, that that's going to be the difference and yeah he, even, even was, not being healthy he was pretty good this year like exactly definitely. yeah yeah and the thing with Zach was is I was also oh I get a lot of hate for this I was a big Zach hater kind of when he was when he was in that that 2019 season I thought he was great in 2018 you know he was a freshman and he he lost to Northern Illinois and he kind of choked the job against Boise by taking that sack but ended up beating UMass Mexico State and almost beat Utah I mean they they choked, up, up but so I don't blame much, that. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't blame the offense for that. I mean, yeah, they could have scored more, but the defense gave up like 35 points in two quarters. So I, I kind of blame them there. Then Western Michigan was obviously one of the greatest bowl performances by a quarterback in college football, like just just college football bowl games regularly with the, the perfect score. Oh, and yeah. then we get a 2019. He wasn't great against Utah. Tennessee and US USC was, in my opinion, was the best game Zach Wilson wore or when he wore a BYU uniform was that that USC. Um, outside of that bowl game. Um, that was his best game, I think. He wasn't good against Washington. Toledo was a terrible loss. He threw a couple of interceptions. And then losing to Hawaii, throwing those interceptions. Just 2019 was when I was kind of on that Zach Wilson hate train, and I was like, all right, start Jaron. But I think you're right, him getting healthy. And I think he did benefit a little bit from the, the scheduling. But when you're playing with that kind of talent, you need – you know, that schedule kind of doesn't really matter. Um but he definitely did benefit a little bit, but him getting healthy and him having a stronger work ethic, like when he went down, we heard it a hundred times a game driving out of California every weekend and just the work he put in. I think that was the the big movement to push him to number two. And I think he was the be- the second best quarterback that year. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it seems like uh, when it comes to, to BYU quarterbacks, like I think, I think people can understand where you're coming from because I feel like as fans, a lot of time, we, we might overreact and, and the most popular guy on BYU is sometimes the guy on the bench. Cause yeah. we, we, if BYU struggles or, or like heaven forbid they lose, then it's like, Oh, <laughs> like, what can the guy on the bench do? Yeah. Um, I think we saw it with, with Taysom and honestly it, it was kind of hot takes for p- people saying, Oh, Tanner Mangum. Cause Tanner Mangum had really good receivers and M- Mitch Matthews. He just had guys that could get 50, 50 balls. And mm-hmm. so, um, you saw what happened in 2017 when he didn't have that. It was just, and um, talk about 2017. 2017 oh yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's an anomaly. BYU, besides that year, like I don't remember, like like you have to go back to Gary Croton to find the last time that they had losing seasons. So we had four, we had four quarterbacks that year, and even though he was a great running back for us, love love this man, Squally Canada. He was our only running back. You know, we had. We had uh, Tulekto in there, who was who was good, and KJ, but he was hurt all year. So like, it was hard to to really be successful that year. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but yeah, I think 
I would have them in, in one of those orders. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. So, so I, I know Beck Tarleen was a great play, but outside of that play, what do you think? I mean, what did you have Beck at second or third? Uh, second. Yeah, yeah. What uh, other than that? Like, I, I mean, I know he he helped groom Zach to be great with his his QB elite, but like, what what besides that one play? Like, what else did he do for BYU that you think puts him uh, above some of the others? Well, John was just really like just consistently a good passer. Like he had like that that 2005 season. He was kind of rough, and 2040 is kind of rough. But he was he was young then. But you get to the 2006 season, and he just absolutely dominated that year. I mean, he had like almost 4,000 passing yards and threw 400 attempts. He only took like 15 sacks, only eight interceptions. Like I'm just looking at the stats right now. Like just overall, he was like a really just consistently like let's score quarterback, you know? So I think that's why I kind of have him that high just because it's like, uh, just, you kind of have to, you know, it's, it's John Beck. Um, but I mean, the 2004, 2005 seasons weren't all that great. We missed a bowl game in 05. Um, which really, really, really stunk. And then, but we get to 06, beat Utah. They go 11 and two, then kick the crap out of Oregon in the bowl game. I think we'll see, we see a pattern with BYU quarterbacks outside of Tanner Mangum. Once they, once they get a lot older, they become so much more efficient and better. John Beck, it took him a year and a half to, to become an elite quarterback. Zach Wilson, it took him a literally a year and a half to become a better quarterback. I think Jaron is going to get better and better. And that's why he's, if you, if you see some of Cam Miller's tweets, he, he thinks Jaron Hall could be a first-round pick next year. We just need to see quarterbacks develop to become that good quarterback, and there just hasn't been healthy enough quarterbacks because Tanner was hurt um, a few times, and that's when Joe Critchlow had to step in. Taysom, obviously the most injury-prone quarterback in college football history, couldn't stay healthy, and they, they, there, was, there was problems with that. And then Riley Nelson coming in, who knew what happened with him? So it was just a, just a product of being more – aware of what's been happening with like quarterbacks. And that's why Max Hall was also good. Max Hall, he was good. His, his, he was, he was good his entire career. That's why I have him at one, but John Beck, kind of, I just have him over the edge right now, just because he developed a lot more efficiently. Yeah, that makes sense. I will say my, my sleeper, I, I, I do have to say, I mean, I don't think he's better than any of the guys in this list, but I, I, I think that Riley Nelson, I mean, and I do have a little bit of a bias him being like a Logan guy, like, yeah. He had some great games for Logan High. He even got the one of the worst Aggie teams, one win, OT in Fresno. But then one of my favorite BYU games, I, I think he had dealt with like some – he even had – he played with like a broken back or something and was just like playing. And and there, there was a – I think versus Tulsa, he had that fake spike. Like that's one of my yeah, favorite Yeah, the bowl game plays. to Cody Hoffman. Yeah, that was yeah. that was awesome. But, but yeah, I think that that's a pretty solid list. If you're going strictly by college, I think that's – um, you and Mark have, have pretty good lists. I think you had um, Taysom ahead of Jaron for now, but, yep. but like you said, Jaron could, I mean, to pass Zach Wilson, um, I, I think it might be hard to get picked second overall. Luckily, Zach Wilson is saving Jaron Hall because I don't think Jaron Hall will get drafted by the Jets. I, I think, <laughs> I, know. But, I mean, Zach's got a long rebuild there, but um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see depending on which, which teams don't perform well like yeah like where where's that uh, uh, where jaron hall could be or maybe he gets picked later in the first round and and gets to kind of learn from someone a good quarterback yeah and what i was thinking too is like jaron doesn't need to get drafted in you know the second or third or this the second or third top five picks to be better than zach i think just because he's been consistently good for longer will help him become better than zach because 
Jaron was great this year. I mean, he only threw five interceptions and he threw 20 touchdown passes and he was, he was really good. I think him having consistently good seasons is going to put him just slightly above Zach in that. Yeah. And like you said, Zach had great games freshman year. And then I'm trying to remember what his best game was sophomore year. Um, I mean, he was injured a lot his sophomore year. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Tennessee, USC. But then um, his, his freshman year, he had a, a couple. I mean, the Western Michigan won the perfect game. Yeah. But um, like he wasn't as consistent as like like you said, Hall had the definitely had the better all overall year and better overall record. If, if we're being honest, like he he was yeah. um, only lost. Well, he only lost two games when he was the starter, right? Mm-hmm. Zach uh, or or Jaron? Jaron Hall, or actually Jaron Hall only lost one because I think Baylor Romney started versus Utah State. So the only game that Jaron Hall lost was Boise, right? When he started, uh, Boise, Boise and Baylor. Oh yeah, Boy Baylor, yeah. 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 So but if you think about it though, like those two games weren't on Jaron either. Jaron threw for 342 yards in that Baylor game. And I mean, he had that huge breakaway run and then he, he threw for 300 against Boise. We just those turnovers just killed Boise. Yeah. And then the defense against Baylor was abysmal. But I think that BYU beats um they they they, they definitely win the bowl game if if yeah. Jaron's yeah. healthy. Just I mean, because that, I think that, it's just it's just have, the team, you know what I mean? It's just it's it helps to have the extra legs. It helps to have your best players playing. And losing by three, it just it just happens. Yeah, I know UAB was a sneaky good team. I don't think they're as good as BYU at, at their best because BYU had a no. lot of a lot of injuries. Not, not um, do you know exactly why Jaron Hall didn't play that game? Was he just a little banged uh, up or ankle injury? It was he was a game time decision coming into the week, um, and then he had an ankle injury. So. Yeah, and, and he can't afford to. I mean, he has a whole offseason to recover, but still, yep. like, you don't want to have like a career ending injury for sure. Nope, not worth it. And like, I mean, the the leading receiver on BYU was Mason Wake with 55 yards. So that just kind of tells you just Puka came out early and Gunner was there. Gunner, Gunner had that knee injury early in the game. He ended up coming back, but then they didn't have Isaac Rex because he, whatever happened to his ankle, that was disgusting against uh, USC. So just just hurt to not have the best players playing. It is what it is. Nothing you can do about it now. But it definitely hurts to look back and like, man, if we had if we had Jaron there, it would would have been a lot better. Yeah, and so yeah. Anyways, it's it's a pretty big list. I think that it's tough for the the twenty first century to compete with the twentieth century because BYU just had like a quarterback factory. And if you look at the statistics, like they just were very pass heavy. And 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 I mean, with with Tyler Algier, it's just impressive that Jaron Hall was as good as he was. I'd I love to see that how Jaron Hall would be in in an offense like in in the eighties where it's just like throwing all the time. Yeah. But um, I I guess the one one thing before we wrap up here is is I wanted to get your um, insight on the on Jackson Dart. I know he's someone that BYU fans are really interested in. There was like like a photo and I, I and he's had he had a, a visit to to BYU right, but he's yeah. got. Um, some other teams in the mix. So, so what are you thinking about, like what what he's thinking? Uh, it's not happening, BYU fans. It's not happening. I I've been saying it kind of from the beginning. I knew he would be interested just because BYU was one of the first teams to recruit him. It's Kalani and, and Roderick, two two of his friends, and it's local LDS. I think he's LDS. I don't know. I don't I don't follow that. It doesn't matter to me. But like just kind of just local. But seeing that uh, he wanted to go with the other USC kid, Trig, who is he's been doing offers with the Ole Miss in Oklahoma. And then I don't know if you saw his Instagram page, but when 
so Jackson Dart posted about you posted about going to Oklahoma and Ole Miss, but he didn't post about BYU. And that's kind of just how I felt the entire thing was going to go. Like BYU was always just kind of there, but not really in the mix. And then just reposting his brother's post and then seeing Michael Trigg repost it and saying BYU with the, like the shrugging emoji, like the, like the looking side to side emoji, like not good. Like not like the eye emoji, just like the sad emoji, I guess, just kind of showed to me like it, it was never happening. It was kind of just there. Um, I've been told by kind of a few people that Ole Miss is probably where he's going. So I would, I would not be surprised if he goes to Ole Miss. Yeah. And that'd be interesting. Um, I know Matt, Matt Corral had a um, great season there for, for Lane Kiffin. Um, and yeah, ho- hopefully they can keep doing well. You just got to be careful in Tennessee because they might throw trash at you if you, if, if you beat him. <laughs> I know, seriously. That, that, I, that I will eat my words if he comes to BYU. I will do something crazy, but I, it's not happening. Yeah, so uh, I guess, I mean, that, that would be, I mean, it's not the end of the world because BYU is still loaded. We got that the five-star, um, yeah, the five-star guy coming from Oregon, right? Um, yep, Kingsley. Kingsley, so Matea. Um, so, but in the quarterback room, uh, with Baylor Romney, I, it sounds like he's just kind of hanging up the cleats. Like, he, he's graduated and he's it old. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's planning on on playing anywhere else. So yeah, um, disappointing. What, what, so Jacob Conover, like you saw, he, he did pretty good in the, uh, the game versus the Aggies. I can't remember if he play, got many snaps other, other than that, but they, they just ran the entire time. Jared or Tyler Algier was just kind of eating them up through that way. And they just, yeah, they just ran with it. So with, with that being said, um, it, it, it's tough to say because BYU plays a couple, I mean, they've played Notre Dame and then they play a couple other power fives like, Baylor, Oregon, Arkansas, uh, and then Stanford, if you, if you count them, we'll, we'll have to see how they, they are. But um, let's say that let, – let's hope this doesn't happen because we love Jaron Hall, right? But if, if he does have some injury issues again, um, what's BYU's answer? Because to me it looks like they're too deep. Maybe you know more than, than me. And are, are there some other quarterbacks that they have or that they're looking at that they, they could maybe make them like three or four deep? Um, if I were to guess, it would just be Hall and Conover with the one and two. And then there's so many quarterbacks you could kind of pick from Like you could pick from soul J. I, I don't know if he's transferring. I, I actually don't know. I couldn't remember if I saw something with him transferring. Um, I don't think so, but soul J Cade Finnegan, and then Nick Billups, there's just so many options for that three deep and hopefully it never comes to that. It only happened once this year because of the concussion at Utah state for, um, for Baylor. But I, I could see Kate Finnegan sneaking into that third QB spot and maybe even going into second if if he's that good. And he's I, – I think it's kind of Conover's job to lose. I think he's just that good. He had offers to Alabama, for heaven's sake. Um, I think it's going to go Hall, Conover, and then either Finnegan and Soljay rounding up the three three or four. Yeah, and, and those aren't, like, bad recruits because BYU, no. right? They, 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 are they all pretty much, like, four, four-star guys? or um. I think Soljay was close to a four star. I don't know if he was a four star. I know he's a he was in fact he was at eight he was a point eight five three star, so a, a pretty high three star. Um, so I think he he's he's really good. I saw some of his his uh, his high school stuff, and then Cade Fennigan, BYU actually played against him against when Boise was there, and they had the whole oh well he didn't play defense kind of thing with whatever his name was. So 
kind of hard to tell. Um, Kate Fennigan was only a one star though. So it was, it's kind of hard to evaluate him off that, but I think they've got Hall who was a three star. I think he'd be like a four star if he transferred Conover, who's a four star and Soldier, who was a really high three star. Yeah. So, so they're definitely all, all solid. And I guess the last thing I'll say about Jackson Dart, even if he doesn't choose BYU, which it sounds like he might not, I think it's, I, I think he's just trying to, to, choose the place that's that's best for him and I know Corner Canyon has kind of proven to be a BYU factory at least in the Wilson family as far as they're concerned like they're all in on BYU like yeah. uh, Zach has a couple brothers that are are playing I don't think they're going to do quarterback right but they're they play like defense and yeah his brother Isaac is a, is a verbal right now who's I think he's just like a soft verbal commit um, but he's only like 15 something like that oh yeah there was another great, a good guy from Corner Canyon that just got picked up, right? From for BYU. For BYU, I think he Talk was talking about Hagen. Yeah, Hagen. Yeah, solid. yeah, the four star, four star receiver Hagen. And thanks to Bron- Bronco Mendenhall, he's doing BYU a solid by retiring because all of the some of the yeah, those Virginia the, the, guys, the, yeah, the Milton kids. I think is it the Milton kids or yeah, the, McCann- yeah. I actually yeah. covered a state playoff game the other year with when Pineview was playing Bear River. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're they were solid last year, and they're solid. I think their dad played for BYU a while ago. Yeah, so they did. They're, they're going on time. missions, but yeah, but I mean, it's cool. To, it, it seems like before the Big Twelve, a lot of the the top uh, LDS talent or just BYU families were getting snagged by other P five schools. But now that P, BYU has the P five sticker on, people are like, oh, like BYU is building something special. Yeah. And it's, it's going to take some special players because the Big 12 is a bump up in competition Big across time, the yeah. board. So, so, yeah, especially for basketball and football, I think it might be tougher. I think in the Olympic sports, BYU will be able to compete right away because yeah. they already do nationally, like in, in volleyball and cross country and a lot of those sports. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see. For sure. um, but that, that's all I have. Any, any last words on, on the Cougars for the week? Don't think so. Go Cougs. It's going to be a fun week. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. And, and we'll, we'll next week, we'll, we'll recap some more NFL and, and college uh, um, and the college basketball for the Cougs. But until then, yeah, go Cougs and we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The hive sports.com has all the buzz on sports in the beehive state covering prep college pro and church sports. No way. Really? Okay. Maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things, jazz, cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. The hive sports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at the hive sports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out the hive sports.com because we got the buzz.